Everybody, welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. So we got your weekend preview coming at you. You can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can get us in the Discord. Let's get into the weekend preview. We have, man, it's it's full-fledged hockey. Uh, I feel like this entire episode we're going to be talking about injuries. Um, before we get into that, so the Flyers just got done playing the Florida Panthers. And yes, the Flyers lost, but the Florida Panthers, they look bad. I wanted to start off with this take. Uh, they look bad. Their defense is crushed. We're going to get into um, you know injuries and whatnot, but I don't know. Just looking at their their lineup right now, like, is this even... They got, they got worse. Like, we've said this how many times through the offseason here, but just their lineup, it is not... It doesn't inspire confidence at all. No, it doesn't. Well, you they did end up having to, you know, hard split Kachuk and, and Barkov. Finally, your boy Verhege actually did something tonight. He got two tonight. Yeah, he got two. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. Honestly, the best thing I like about uh, the Florida Panthers is the defense. And now you're without Aaron Ekblad. Yeah, this is an ugly defense right now. But still, so you have Gustav. We talked about Gustav Gustav Forsling before we started recording. He's a winner. And you have Brandon Montour down there, too. He's the only one left. It's him and Gudis. Yeah, dude. Gudis is going to be on the power play soon. But with Montour Montour coming back, I mean, him and Montour were were great secondary pieces for when Ekblad was there. And now without Ekblad, they're really hurting. Yeah. I mean, let's dive right into it. So Aaron Ekblad... Um, they haven't given us a timeline yet, but we're hearing it's like a grade two groin strain. So that's four to six weeks. Already got them on LTIR, minimum 10 games, minimum 24 days. Who do you guys Same, like? Mid-November. Yeah. Mid-November, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. That's four weeks. So that's that would be on the early side. Uh, we've been talking up Kalen Addison quite a bit. We've been talking up Justin Schultz quite a bit. Uh, those are two pretty good defensive replacements at this point. But in the meantime, we got Brandon Montour hopefully coming back later this week. Mm-hmm. Florida was practicing with a five forward power play unit. So just heads up going into that. But Montour was on the top power play with Ekblad before they both went down. So Montour looks like the play going into the weekend. 18% rostered. And you, you do you do have Forsling getting some uh you know getting some power play two time. Yeah, and I think he's like he's fifty some odd percent rostered right now. So like, you know, if he's out there too, which one would you prefer, Montour or Forsling at this rate? I'd rather have Forsling, for sure. Which is weird because I I agree too, but like he would be on power play too. You would think. Yeah, I mean, there there's a a line though. I mean, so it's a certain point. Like, I just think he's he is that much better, even if he's not on power play one. I think he's still. 
more valuable to have. In the state that the whole team's in, I think that, I mean, you're only a couple of shifts away from being on the power play for, for the next little while right here because they're just scrambling. So I don't think anything anything's going to be set in stone for the next little while there, right? So A big part of it for me, too, is Gustav Forslund is just chugging minutes, dude. Up over 25, yeah. Now, I get it. Montour, Montour plays a lot, too, but... Gustav Forsling is already at 25-plus minutes a game, and that was with Aaron Ekblad in the lineup. Yeah, it's, you know, it's he, almost he, as if they're trying to make him out to be the the new Uyghur, right, in terms of, like, minutes and uh, responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and I love those shoes to fill. That, that sounds like a great idea. Um, so, yeah, for me personally, it's Forsling, and that's just because I think – He's a better hockey player, and I think that he'll be out there more. But you know I like Brandon Montour. I, I think he has good upside. My whole thing about Brandon Montour is now he's kind of in the forefront. He's always been that guy that just always went under the radar, but always still produced. So at this point, we got Addison at 16%, Justin Schultz at 18%, Montour at 18 Actually, he's up to 19% right now. I wonder if that's just because they were playing tonight, what have you. Um, Forsling up to 62% now. So uh, things are things are starting to happen for these kind of guys. Uh, I also earmarked uh, Philip Ronick out here just because he's on that Larkin power play unit as they're splitting things up with Tyler Bertuzzi out for a minute. And then I wanted to give some love to the guys in Arizona, Gostas Bear, 48% roster, J.J. Moser, uh, who both of these players are on power play one down there in Arizona. Moser's got the 14th most time on ice amongst the and i think the last time we talked about him he was like he was top 10 he had like the six most minutes or something yeah i'm looking at my uh categories league that i'm in right now just for reference and cost despairs the highest rated d in the league right now that's disgusting that's disgusting <laughs> he's number one and check this out though like for the whole league it's goss despairs number one matt roy is number two who's eight percent owned and connor clifton is number three at 14 percent owned who's got four assists and uh, 13 hits. So. Just goes to show you how wild the beginning of the year is. Like there's, you know, we'll get more into it with Tuesday trends and, and that kind of thing. But um, there's there's quite a bit of um, panic and worry when it comes to like some of these star players. Taylor Hall comes to mind almost immediately. A lot of people just ready to jump ship and move on to like a Gabriel Velarde and just ride the hot hand but uh, yeah, that's a that's a different conversation. I mean, Gabe Velarde did have another what two points? He today? looks good, but you know that third line deployment. <laughs> another two points. I mean, he's top power play, but the third line deployment is just man. Can that know, third line deployment stay like that though? If you're playing like that, I that, don't know. That second line is so concrete. And I, I would think that the top line is concrete too. So really it is a third line ceiling. Arvidsson's getting a ton of flack in LA right now. He gave up a bad penalty. He missed on a uh, empty net the other day. So like people are hard pressed for, for Arvidsson right now. So I, I wonder if like maybe there's a little flex room there. I don't know. I'm not married to Arvidsson. But think about it. Never, Th- never have been. Third line top power play. That's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So like right now, Velarde or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which would you rather have? And RNH is like a hot commodity. R&H, always. Yeah. So I, I don't I mean, know. It's hard for me to say no to Ryan and Chuck. 
seconds. Filardi's playing. He's doing it right now. The time on ice isn't bad. It's 16-17 through uh, five games. It's pretty pretty good for a third liner, but he is getting that top power play. All right, let's, uh, let's saunter our way through this injury list here. Well, so we already kind of talked, well, we didn't already kind of talk about Aaron Ekblad, but we got that one out of the way. Gabriel Landeskog, he's going to be getting knee surgery. You're looking at 12 weeks here. Moving on, Nikolai Ehlers and Pavel Buchnevich both did not play tonight, undisclosed for both players, which sucks because, I mean, Nikolai Ehlers was, you know, one of the bright spots there for, you know, there for that team. And I, I think he was, you know, finally fitting into a role better. Patrick Line took shots at practice on his own. Um, he could potentially play in the Global Series um, in Finland early next month, but that's still, you know, quite a ways away. Jakob Verana entered the player assistance program. Yeah, we're not we're not sure what happened with him, but uh, he's taking a leave of absence, a personal. Yeah. What in the world? Well that was even that was even news to that was even news to me. That sucks. Yeah. I, I like Jakob Verana. I know. I have no idea what's going on. There's no speculation. You know, not trying to dig or anything. Privacy is privacy, but Hopefully, whatever he's dealing with, you know, finds peace somewhere and can come back to the game. But yeah, as of right now, he's taking a leave. Well, that sucks because I do. I like him. You know that. Every, everybody knows that. He's an easy guy to like. Alex, I follow week to week. Uh, lower body injury there. Raj, Connor Garland. What's going on, man? We we talked a little bit about this in our group chat earlier. Maybe it was yesterday or something, but... um. You know, it seems like Canucks management just has it out for Bruce Boudreau right now. And then making a decision like scratching Connor Garland, you know, that's a big dick move. And I wonder if it's going to get any like pushback from Brass or, you know, is Connor Garland a potential trade piece? What are you hearing up there? What happened with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, there is a weird, at least in the media, there's a, a weird discourse between Boudreau and management, which is fucking ridiculous. But apparently management didn't want Boudreaux in the first place. And even after what he did last year, they still are just like, yeah, fuck you. Which makes no yeah, sense. Didn't uh, even sign him to like a multi-year. They just signed him to one, I think. Yeah, yeah. So they don't really want him. Uh, but he's not the they're problem. They're not invested. No, they're not invested in him. But I mean, the, the problem with Vancouver, as we all know, they have like nine or ten really good forwards and they're just hurting on D and one of like their best mediocre D, Tyler Myers, is out. So they're really hurting. So like a guy like Connor Garland, he's got one goal this year, but he's got no blocks, one hit. So he's not playing any type of D. He's not... Um, he's not what they need so it's really like it, it actually makes sense uh but i would not be surprised if he gets traded somewhere garland had a sneaky decent season for y'all he's fine and he's a good year. player just we totally don't need him is the problem we've got like all these guys like pod colson's doing great play and he plays defense right um Hoglander even plays defense. So it's just, uh, unfortunately for Garland, he's just not what the team needs. And, and if they could trade him for, for some kind of D-man, maybe in Philly, that would be great. No. Yeah, I don't know about all that. That seems a little unnecessary. Uh, but no, he, bring, he's definitely uh, he's definitely trade bait right now, for sure. We will give you one Justin Braun or Nick Sealer, and that's it. Oh, you could have Justin Braun, I guess, yeah. 
Yeah. That'd be fine, but at this point you're not getting you're not getting one of our you know one of our defensemen prospects. That one of the happen. few good guys we have left. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. all right. Kuznetsov, he uh was suspended one game for high staking Kyle Burroughs. Washington's doing some weird things with their lines. Lars Eller, your guy, Zach, is is now the line one center. So pretty big shake up there in it's so weird. It's so weird. Like their lineup is just as soon as the OV's gone, it's that lineup sucks if there's no Ovechkin there. Uh, Colorado shook up their lines too. Um, Lekkonen's still on line one. Line two, they just moved Rodriguez down. Martin Kautz in the picture now. JT Confer is your 2C. And we we talked a little bit about him, but I want to give him some more love here, and that's Gabe Velarde. All right, there's, there is quite a bit of action going on to the point where I, I'm I haven't even checked it, but I would be, I would bet he is the number one ad. Yes, he is. 10,213 ads over the last day. <laughs> 10,000 people chasing last week's stats. Woo! I mean, are they going to continue? That's that's the question everybody wants to know at this point. What do, what do you guys got on Villard? He looks good. The eye test is solid. Like He, he had a shootout move the other day. It was slick smooth yeah what do you what do you guys like dislike about him i like that he's getting reasonable minutes and the just like we'd hoped that top six there is is great everybody's doing well right i think five out of the top six have a point per game basically i like that velarde didn't just have one big game where he went off he's got points in pretty much every game uh four out of five games right so mm-hmm you know, it's not just one lucky streak or one shitty team. I mean, they played some shitty teams, but, um, and, you know, shooting every game, a couple of hits here and there, a couple of blocks in there. He's just engaged. Now he's got his first power play point. So I don't know, man. I think it's worth a, a check. He's still only 32% rostered, even after those 10,000 ads that brought, <laughs> brought him up. 30% from 2% in the last yeah. few days. So in the last day, he's gone up 30%. So, And I feel like it's something that we'd have to look at, but I, I've watched, you know, like, a, actually the last... I know I watched, like, what I watched the most of the game last night. So I've watched, like, two or three of these games of theirs, and he's getting a lot of primary assists. Like, a lot of the assists I've seen him get are primaries. Hey, I didn't know that for sure, but I, I just knew from what I watched, and I was like, I don't yep. know how many he has, but a lot of them I see. Three for He's three, the baby. One passing the puck. Yeah, their their schedule. You know, they've went from having Seattle struggling, Minnesota, Detroit, to they're going to have Pittsburgh, Washington, Tampa, Toronto, and Winnipeg. So it's a, a much tougher next couple of weeks. So we'll see if he can keep it going. But I would pick him up if if he fits, and he's he's dual eligible too, which is pretty pretty great. There's some concerning stats at this point, but I, I feel it's just like uh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies to be talking about sustainability five games in because it's so easy at this point. It's like it's either you know the shooting percentage is way out of range or it's zero percent. Like it's either yeah, you know, Joel Farabee or it's here. It's uh Gabe Vlardy, twenty five percent shooting. IPP is eighty three percent. On ice shooting is like over sixteen and a half percent. There's a lot of redlining stats. So like to say he's gonna go over point per game, that's not a bet I'm making. But you know, we've talked to a couple like Chud in the in the Discord as a Kings fan and you know 
Velarde looks like a lock for 50 points. He's playing really well. If he keeps that top power play, 55-60 could happen. Temper expectations. It's easy, like, at this point in the season, you know, you're looking at your Taylor Halls, and you're like, fuck, I want to drop this guy so bad. And then you're looking at Velarde, who's got seven points in five games. And that's, I mean, on paper, that's an easy swap. But... You know, we're talking about the long game here, guys. Like, but at the same time, at the same time, I don't think anybody's saying don't pick him up. Oh, for the yeah. only you know, unless it's a really, really fucking deep league, the only negative in picking him up right now is the fact that their weekend schedule that we're about to be talking. You know, their their weekend coming up is not great. That's that's the only that's the yeah. only thing you got going for you. But other than that, he is worth picking up if he is available. There is no reason not to. All right, that's going to bring us to the mailbag, which we got a shit ton of responses for, to the point where I had to call for mercy. Uh, you know, we got an overwhelming <laughs> response. So, like, if we don't get to you on the show, you know, we'll make sure to get back to you in the Discord or, you know, on Twitter. You, you'll get an answer whether, it, you know, if it's not on the show. Uh, and a lot of these are like, you know, what's going on with Taylor Hall, which would be great to bring up on Tuesday trends. So hopefully nothing, well, hopefully things do change over the weekend for Taylor Hall. But, you know, if there's still some concern there, we'll uh, we'll be talking about that on trends. Uh, the first one, we're just going to start off lighthearted here. Drifter on Discord wants to know more about what we do for a living. TJ, you were a chef, but you did recently mention on the show that you're now a flight attendant. Zach, you're a chef, right? And he asks, Raj, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> so I, uh, it's a perfect place. Raj, why don't you uh, kick it off? I ask myself that same question every day. <laughs> I I do what I do for this show, for a couple of other shows, for Sportsnet mainly. I edit uh, edit and produce a few podcasts for them. I work on 32 Thoughts. I do some work on At The Letters, a baseball show, Inside Curling, which is just a hoot. I, I want to curl so bad. I want. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, And then on my off days, I, I paint and do greens work on set and movies and TV stuff. Better than being a chef, I guess, probably. You got a new endeavor, too. Yeah, so I know some people, I'm sure, know. I've been, um, I took a job as executive chef at a uh, at a French restaurant down here in Raleigh. Uh, it's like a fine dining place called St. Jacques. It's really, you know, it, it's really neat because I get to, you know, make my food and, like, do what I want. Because, well, when you're executive chef, you can... Do what you want. So we had an interview today, and the one guy was like, what What kind of pants do I wear? <laughs> and the other guy was like, well, everybody else wears, like, you know, chef pants or, like, kitchen pants. But Zach wears jeans. I said, yeah, that's because I'm the executive chef. I want to If I want to wear jeans, I want to wear motherfucking jeans. I make the uniform, baby. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, That was my response. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to wear fucking jeans because I can. So... That's that's one of the few perks I have. All right, my turn. I was a chef, completely turned off by the industry. You know, I was working at a place. It was a three-chef team. I was a sous chef. There was another sous and an executive chef. Tons of shit happened. You know, very long story, longer than I care to go on for. But it eventually came down to just me doing three people's jobs because the other two guys uh, either quit or got fired. So I was working like 80 hours a week. And then my review came up and my GM told me that uh, I left early all the time, that they were going to give me 8% more money for 10% more hours. And I said, screw your, screw your pay cut. I'm out. And I, I, you know, I put my notice in pretty much right then and there. But yeah, so my wife is a flight attendant. Uh, She applied for me almost as like a, you know, fuck it. Let's just see if this works. And 
it did. <laughs> I got past the the interview. I got past the video interview, the in person interview, and I start training. In and a like month. that's hard to do because like you know thousands and thousands of people are applying. For Tens of jobs. thousands, like, yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, like a lot of fucking people like just apply all the time and don't get it. So it's not an easy thing to get into. It's tough, and you know, I quit a corporate restaurant and now i'm going into one of the biggest corporate you know businesses and whatever and you know i've always been back at the house you guys know if you're a listener of this show like we're back at the house people we're blue collar people right so i'm gonna i have to do (laughs) i have to do a uh service industry voice now like i'm gonna yes sir like (laughs) i'm gonna have to do all that like it's gonna be wild TJ, I want to be on one of your flights so fucking bad. I don't think you understand. You will be. Uh, but yeah, so I got training from November. Like I'm going to book a flight just because you're on it. <laughs> November 2 to December 13. So I'm going to bring my microphone with me while I'm training down in Dallas. And uh, yeah, we'll just rock it. Okay, next question. Rupee Hints Lover on the Discord asks, is Tyler Sagan back? Is he worth rostering with Rupee? and j-rob or is that too many stars um it might be it might be too many like i'm looking at his stats a lot is not sustainable but i mean it's good to see him like back you know he's doing stuff we were talking about this a lot raj mostly um you know he had the hip surgery you need about a year to recover and his recovery looks like it's working um yeah absolutely absolutely he's um he's playing more minutes than jason robertson right now he's actually he's playing the most of any forward so he's he's feeling good i i like it i I love the fact he's like center right wing as well he's taking a decent amount of shots um not not his old amounts but a couple a game he gets a few hits he's over a point per game i like it i definitely he's got two two power play points in three games so i'm I'm all in on him for sure. And he's only 67% rostered. So there's a slight chance you could even might even be able to pick him up for a bit. That's yeah. That's almost as high as his, uh, on a shooting percentage. Yeah. It's, this is, so we're, we're talking about Tyler Sagan here yeah, right now, right? 26% like, right? on ice shooting. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, no. he's, he's, no, I gotta disagree with you, Raj. I'm he's sorry. rosterable. I think I can't, he, I can't I think do he is. It. I'm not saying he's not rosterable, but I'm not saying that Tyler Sagan is back, mm. you know. Like I'm not. Uh, I'm just. I'm. I'm not all in on this, you know, above a point per game Tyler Sagan. Right. I get it. I, I. I think that the the Stars are a really good team. Don't get me wrong. I, I really do. Um, and I think that that top six is just you know solid, straight up. And I, I like that line with him. You know. Um, playing with Marchment, but you know, that top line is where it's at. Uh, if I'm dry, you know, if I have Robertson, Hints, and Sagan, I'm trying to move Sagan. I'm trying to move him. I'm trying to move him right fucking now. Especially in this particular instance where he already has Rupee Hints and J Rob. So having three stars, like, yeah, you definitely want to try and make some moves. But you got to strike while the iron's hot is the thing. And that's why you try to move on him right now. Yep. Because this is. Right now, where he is four points in three games is when he's going to have his highest value. I can only imagine, unless somehow he ends up with like, you know, 12 points in six games. But, you know, I don't see that shit happening. Yep. A lot of these underlying stats are very unsustainable. Uh, You know, 
this happens in the beginning of the season. Uh, but yeah, that 26% on ice shooting, that's 100% going to come down. Uh, next up, Eric on Twitter has a bunch of players here. So Adrian Campe, Mason Marchment, Valerie Nishushkin, and Nick Suzuki. Which of these are long-term holds and which, like, if you have to, which would you drop for a streamer spot? Man. It's tough. Those are those are some some of our guys. Man. I feel like they're they're all holds. You have a really you have a really good team, Eric. <laughs> you know? You have a really good team if those are the players that you're choosing between as the worst player on your team. I don't know if I have a single team that good. Well, how about how about you rank them? I guess I'm putting Nishushkin one. I I don't want to put Suzuki at number two, but I just because it, it it seems unsustainable for it's just you know him and one of the guy that are really making a a heavy impact. And if anything happens, it's out of the blue. Yeah, I got to drop. Uh, I got to I got to drop Suzuki down. Um, so Nishushkin, Kempi, Suzuki, Marchman, and I love Mason Marchman. But he is the bottom of that list. I got uh, Kempe up at number one. Just being careful. Like the Kings have scored, what is it, sixteen goals in their last three games. So you know, going back to Velarde, there's there's a lot of action happening in LA. Something that's probably not like they're not going to score over five goals a game for the rest of the year. So uh, things are going to come down. But Kempe number one. But Kempe's going to stay on that. Top I think. Lot. So. I, yeah, I got him and Nishushkin one and two. Then I got Suzuki, and then Marchment. So for me, Marchment's the guy that uh, if I had to, I would be dropping out of those four. Sounds like Raj agrees. I, I half agree. I'm halfway in between the two of you. I mean, I like Nichushkin the best just because Colorado is Colorado, and now with Landeskog gone, they're going to get safe even spot. more minutes. Yeah, safe spot. Uh, power play is definitely his. There's no no worries about that. So uh, I like that. Um I just the thing I worry about with Suzuki is like Montreal, right? Like you're talking about worrying about a guy like Sagan being unsustainable, like when he's surrounded by six great players. I mean, talk about Suzuki when he's surrounded by fuck all. Yeah, but Nick Suzuki's damn near the best player on that team. I know, and that's that that's sad. He's the best <laughs> player on that team. So it's hard so it's hard to just, you know, say that I'm going to drop him for even a player that I love like Mason Marchman. Sure, but you know? I mean, Suzuki would probably be like the 3C in Dallas, right? He's the best player in Montreal, but that's not saying a whole no. lot. Yeah, he probably no, would be. He would, got... he would. He's better than Tyler Sagan. I know. No. I don't agree no. with that at all. He would, be, he, would be the two, he would be the 2C or the 1C. Might be Ruby Hints on the fucking second line. Mm, no, mm. no. Tyler Sagan would be a third liner. Suzuki's the best player in Montreal, which is which is what you can I think say. Suzuki about. is really good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. I think he's the worst of those four players in terms of like surrounding cast and sustainability. When the other three guys are have just you know great players all around them and still are stable in their in their position so i just think suzuki to me it's like it's all him or it's nothing he's getting no help from anywhere so whereas the other three guys um are surrounded so yeah that's that's the way i'd put it i'd have him last for sure fair enough uh timmy lambert on twitter is asking what the hell's going on with joel Faraby? he's when is the breakout He's, he's leading all forwards in average time and ice uh, on the Flyers. 
hasn't hit this course sheet yet. Had a couple of really good looks tonight. You know, it, it just feels like a powder keg. The shot volume's up. IPP is obviously at zero with no points. I don't know if he's adjusting to the, you know, he did just barely make it back in time for game one and with his, um, with the surgery. So maybe there's something there for that, but I, I, I would give him a little bit. Me too. And, you know, Hayes is still, Hayes is still helping out. And you do have Joel Farabee on that top line. I actually remember I picked him to, that I said I thought he was going to be the, uh, the Flyers' top point getter this this year. Said that like way long ago. We'll see if it's true. It's probably not going to be true. But I like Joel Farabee. And if he if he gets any top line deployment, you know, I'm going to like that too. I mean, it was just not picking him up. It was right earlier now. this week. Not picking him up over some of these other people that we've been talking about. I mean, it was just earlier this week we were talking about picking up potentially their best player in Travis Konechny. So it's like, you know, it's pretty easy to to drop these guys and, um, you know, just keep an eye on them and wait for them to go hot. So it's not like I'm keeping Farabee on my roster at this point, but I do believe there's going to be better days ahead for him. Swiss cheese on in the Discord, actually. Um, Stuart Skinner and Pavel Francois. So who's the hold? Who's the drop out of these two? They're both backups. So, you know, I, I wonder if he's rostering three goalies or four, even if he's got two of these backups on his team. Uh, which out of these two would you guys prefer? Keep Francois. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Yep. Uh, Georgie had a piss poor game tonight. So, you know, Frankie's probably going to get another one. Uh, the problem with that is I think, I think Georgie's got like uh, three out of the four games or something like the volume doesn't look good, but it, you, the same thing's going to happen with Campbell and Skinner. So I think the ceiling's higher for Frank. All right, Brave Traveler on the Discord is curious about Minnesota and Vancouver, both of whom are winless so far. Who are you more worried about? Raj, take her away. (laughs) (sighs) Well, this seems to be the Vancouver strategy the last couple of years is just being complete ass to start this season. Record-breakingly ass, actually. Yeah. Four straight games of coming losing two goal leads to start the season. That's wonderful. I don't know because offensively they're actually great. Like Pedersen's in the top twenty. Hughes is doing well. It's just the same old story. They, their defense is bullshit, and that's the problem. And management tried to fix that by bringing in a whole bunch more middle six forwards. This is what happens, right? They've scored a bunch. Look like they're going to win. And then the D gives it up, gets tired, and uh, we lose. So, honestly, for fantasy, things are fine because Pedersen, Hughes, the guy Besser, they're all like point per game or better. They're all doing just fine. So, the only guy who's suffering fantasy wise right now really is Miller, which will definitely bounce back, and uh, Demko, which will most certainly, well, he could not be worse. By low, baby. Dude, four games into the season, and he has minus points on the season right now. Like, minus fantasy points on the season. Disgusting. That's fucked. By low. So, Do it. By I have low. faith. If you can, definitely. Yeah, I'm with you. Vancouver would would be the one I'd be more concerned about, just because their their roster looks like a roster. Uh, you know, Minnesota is just Kaprizov and Boldy, and then it's like... You know, it's just a bunch of bottom sixers catfishing as top line guys. 
Minnesota is giving up a ton of fucking goals. And the whole thing is they're scoring a ton of goals too. Like they're in these high scoring games. Like Flurry's going to bounce back too. Like, dude, they have the second best power play percentage right now, only behind Colorado. They're right behind Colorado on power play percentage. Their points per game, they are second to Colorado. Actually, they're tied with Colorado. Them and Seattle with six points per game on average so far this year. And they've lost all their games. Crazy. All right. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead here and we're going to talk to Todd on Twitter. He was curious about uh, Josh Norris's slow start. Um, you know, he's not centering that top line with Kachuk and Batherson, and he's worried that uh, he might be a little lost. So I've noticed his shots have disappeared. He's got three shots so far on the season, you know, half his normal volume. But he's getting to really, really dangerous areas. I've noticed his expected goals and expected shooting percentage is really high. So things are going to start to snap back. His offensive zone starts through three games or four games, whatever Ottawa's played so far uh, is bad. Three. three. So, yeah, three games, 36% yeah. of his shifts are starting in the offensive zone, which is you know way under what he usually is doing. Uh, I would assume that you know a lot of these guys are just perfect by low candidates because Josh Norris... Playing yeah. with Debrinkat and Giroux, I mean, come on, things he's things gonna are going to happen. He's going to be fine. He's playing like he's averaging like 19 minutes a game, um, so he's getting the playing time. If you want to call it line two, whatever, he's getting first line minutes, right? Like he's played over 20 minutes, 19 and a half, and 17. So he's he's fine. The whole like the whole Ottawa season's been backwards. It's just taking them a minute to get settled, right? Like they play Buffalo and they can only score one goal and then they play Boston and score seven goals. So, you know, they're finding their, their feet a little bit. And I think you're totally right. Like I would, if you need a center, which, you know, chances are you don't, but you might be able to, uh, to pick, uh, buy low on, on Norris and another situation where the top six is so loaded. I have a hundred percent trust. You'll be, back to last year or better. Timmy Stutes seems to be enjoying himself yeah, he's though. Got a, oh, sure he's got does. a handful of points, Tony. Sure does. Yeah. yeah. Does. I got I got faith. I think Josh Norris would be a solid by low candidate if you're if you're hurting at center, which would be weird. All right, we're drawn into the long one. So if we uh if we missed your real quick, I want to I wanted to make a a correction on something that I accidentally said when I said they had six goals per game, I meant that they had six power play goals so far this year ah. that was tied with Colorado. There it is. They still are giving up a lot. Of, they still are giving up a lot. Flurry's going to bounce back. Demko's going to bounce that back. That part's true. Both those teams are uh, are going to bounce back. All right, weekend preview time. Uh, Friday, Sunday teams, you're looking at Detroit, Florida, Chicago, and Seattle. And if you really want to galaxy brain this one, you can just stack against Chicago and and hit Detroit and Seattle both. Um, so D- from Detroit, we talked about Philip Peronic at the top of the show, uh, 8%. He's on that Larkin unit. Um, Raj, you had said some stuff about Dominic Kubelik, maybe being your worst guy. Now he's on the top line and the top power play top in quotes. I like it. But yeah. He's, he's lowly owned and left wing, right wing, a good spot as any. Yes, he was playing on the fourth line to start, and he played uh, 11 minutes and 12 minutes and then 19 minutes last game. So that's a big change. Uh, So with the time on ice, he's got two assists, like 
you know, shocker, you get seven extra minutes and your production goes up. So uh, if he's going to stay there, great, especially with like Chicago and Anaheim coming up. Yeah, I'd, I'd be all over. It him. really matters if he's going to stay there, too. That's the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I want I want whoever's playing with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. Is there? I will. I want whoever's playing with Dylan Larkin. What you don't like Lucas Raymond? Fuck out of here, man. I like Dylan Larkin better than Lucas Raymond. All right. How Uh, do you feel about uh, Mo Sider with zero points so far? Uh, let me buy low. You should let me let me buy him. You should trade him away. Yeah, I mean that's not what you were hoping for in a uh, you know top ten defenseman going into the draft and whatnot, but. I don't know. Think there ain't no way you can sell. Yeah. Now, whoever owns Mo Sider in the tier one listener league should probably drop Mo Sider. Yeah, hand him and, over. Hand him over. Yeah. Where Where is your waiver wire? Uh, or where is your the priority your waiver priority there, mm. Raj? I'm not telling you. All right, Florida. We talked about Forsling. We talked about Montour. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Patrick Hornquist. I I took a flyer on him today just because that five unit. Or that five forward power play, um, and he did get pushed to that top unit. So he he was the first forward up when Ekblad went out. They pushed Hornquist up there instead of Sam Bennett, uh, both of whom is now are now on the on the top unit. But I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there that Hornquist is on the top unit. Uh, Rudy Balsack had a uh, very nice play, and Sam Bennett had a very nice assist. Um, I don't know. Is there anybody worth checking out? Verhage, you know, got off his stank. He's 43% rostered. What are we thinking? I mean, the team leading Colin White at 4% owned. I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm still sticking with Anton Lundell. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. Still, still doing it. I got an uneasy feeling about Florida right now. I wouldn't overly invest Um you know, if the, if they have someone, no, but, need, I, but I think that there's a bunch of still pick upable players. Yeah, there could be, there could be, but I mean, especially playing Tampa and then the Islanders, it's not going to be a that's not potentially a not a good weekend. So, yeah, if somebody fits your needs, I'd go for it. But I'd, I'd try to honestly find uh, some better matchups. I like Verhage. Bad vibe. Rahegi's, Rahegi's if he's out there, you know, 43% rostered. Just scored a couple, so his ownership will probably go up by tomorrow um, as people try to chase that. Uh, Chicago, man, I don't expect shit out of this team at well, all. You can expect you can expect some uh, some peripherals. Sure. If you want yeah. your Connor Murphy, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he'll do it. Tyler Johnson's you got know. nine hits as well through uh, three games. The Murph. Yeah, but Jesus. Yeah, Tyler Tyler Johnson. He's hidden. If you want those those off nights. Uh... Man, but we're digging deep. I, I think, I yeah. mean, even <laughs> Jonathan Taze is out there, right? So he's 6%. You know. Jason Dickinson's uh. averaging three points per game this season. Sustainable for sure. Uh, Seattle, they're up. Well, they're not up. Uh, St. Louis is beating them right now. But they got two goals on the board. Uh, you could pick anyone you want. From Seattle, like Matty Beneers is the highest owned player on this team, and he's fifty two percent. Burkowski just hit fifty percent. Then you're looking down the board, like you know, how would you rank these guys? I think Beneers, Burkowski, probably the the leading candidates. But but who else do you like? 
I mean, obviously, you got to throw in your guy, Ali BJ. Um, he had a he got another point. What he got an assist tonight? Did he not? Hmm. I think so. Um, so I mean, you can, but you can always even look at like an Alexander Wenberg or or something like that. Um, now, once you kind of get out of that top six, you know, other than Rogers guy Brandon Tanev, who is gonna, you know have a possibility of points and really just be more of an all-around player. That's definitely a bang, you know, a banger league pickup because he's going to get you a little bit of everything. Um, but you know how I feel about Andre Burkowski. I, I think he's going to be the, the most sustainable player possibly in Seattle. If there is such a thing, it feels, you know, it feels like a, you know, an oxymoron to say something like that. I feel, you know, it's, it's got some jumbo shrimp to it. (laughs) I like that. I mean, you do with a few of these players and teams that we've talked about so far, you do definitely have to separate the fantasy value from the real life value. Like I was saying, like with the Canucks, right? They have a few guys that are, grossly outperforming what they did last year but they're losing but the losses don't really matter unless you have the goalie and i think the same thing can be said in seattle right now like they have a bunch of guys who are scoring they did seattle did this last year too where they at the start of the year they actually scored a reasonable amount of goals but i mean barakovsky's fantastic schwartz has three points uh, in eight hits in four games so he's a, a worthy pickup with a 19 percent uh, own so he's definitely around Tanev got an assist tonight um, five hits last night so he's always a good pickup I picked him up for blo- uh, blocks for uh, for hits uh, to round out the weekend and I ended up getting a bonus assist out of him which is always a nice bonus from Tanev um, and the other guy I picked up in my quest to catch up in hits was Carson Soucy oh uh, not Alexiak was he already owned Yes, he was. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a deep league, uh, but Carson Susie <laughs> must be. Yeah, <laughs> it must but be. it's a categories league, right? And I'm I'm doing well in everything else. And Susie's. Uh, hey, I liked five. Carson Susie when he was on Minnesota. Yeah, he just he just hits, and I just need hits, so he's good. All right, we're looking at Sunday now. If you got to make a last ditch effort, uh, the guy I'm looking at, man, Oliver Wallstrom. He's going to be playing. Who was it? Florida on. Uh, on Sunday, and they their defense mm-hmm. is just shot. So Oliver Wallstrom, old Ollie Wally, uh, as he is going to be. Man, somebody said that in the Discord, and I'm like, dude, I, I just got to run with that. Ollie Wally. Oh, uh, Lambert Ollie made some Wally. in-game adjustments that saw Wallstrom. Uh, he got like 14 minutes, six shots, uh, two goals in his last game. He is thriving. Um, so I'm wondering if Lambert is is going to ro- like roll with that. Get him into the top six. You got a whole 14 minutes. Yes. They got to free what? this kid. Like, unleash him, please. He got a whole 14 yeah, minutes. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, there's no reason he should be playing 14 fucking minutes. All he does is score and shoot. So, Jesus, that is exactly what the New York Islanders need. And they they have it. They have it. And they're not they're not they doing shit with it. Just, hamstr- just hamstring the kid. <sighs> uh, Philly plays on Sunday. You know, TK's still in the 40s, probably the first I would roster. There's Frost, there's Farabee, you know, Provorov. His ownership's going way up. Um, I don't know. Yeah, on the flip side, I was just looking at San Jose. Uh, Did you know that uh, Mario Ferraro's the leading point scorer on San Jose right now? 
Good. I just picked him up. How about that? Picked him so up. So I don't weekend. know how I'm feeling about picking up San Jose Sharks this weekend. With that, well, it sounds like Ferraro's the Ferraro's the one. I think if you're after points, you're picking up Mario Ferraro this weekend. Hell yeah, <laughs> and bangs. Fuck. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's blocking blocking a lot. Sharks so got I, the I, Flyers I, on Sunday, so hopefully there's some. Uh, hopefully there's a couple. A little bit of true colors coming out in Philly. Uh, yeah, let him go. Uh, Kevin LeBanc is scratched tonight or in their most recent uh, lineup, and K- Luke Kunin was still in the lineup. So he's his power play one is probably safe. I like him at 8% too. Um, Anaheim, Columbus, the New York Rangers, like Lafreniere is online too. Columbus has got a couple guys, Nyquist, Jenner on the top line. Uh, Anaheim, Zach, you're a huge fan of Ryan Strom. Um, John Klingberg's not doing a goddamn thing. Well, I think thing. Ryan Strom is a good player, so I think Ryan Strom is going to, you know, play good hockey on any team that he's on. It would be cool if John Klingberg could do something. Wouldn't it, though? Hmm. He, you got what you wanted, Johnny. You got what you yep, wanted, you Johnny. You got paid. And, and get, yeah. Get those points now. Do some, do some about yeah. it. It's only a one-year deal, so you're still in a contract year. So make something happen. Yeah, but at the same time, you, I feel like that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you should be showcasing yourself right now. All right, so that's the uh, go out there, take a ton of fucking shots. Dude. That's the weekend preview. Like I said, if we didn't get to your question in the mailbag, um, we'll get back to you on Twitter or in the Discord or wherever uh, you might have asked. Um, and a lot of these, like Todd, I know you asked in the Discord about Taylor Hall. Um, there was somebody that asked about, uh, you know, if if the Flyers are for real. Just a bunch of like, no. um, <laughs> that's that's what I wrote. I won't know. So that was F <laughs> F hack on Twitter, and he's asking about like, you know, Timo Meyer, Tage Thompson, are they slumping? Um, and it, those things, they just seem like they fit Tuesday trends. So those are going to be guys we bring up on on Tuesday after. Uh, the week preview so keep an eye out for that one hopefully they don't or hopefully they do start performing so we don't need to talk about them but uh you know we'll, we'll get to you on twitter and discord anyway but i don't know what do you think ollie wally oxen free or gabriel Velardi's nuts what's a better episode name Velardi's nuts i'll i'll go with Velardi's right, nuts there too. it is ollie wally oxen free that'll be a put that one in the back pocket all right, guys, that's it for us. You can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can hop in the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Catch you on Sunday for the week preview. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye. I love you. Love you. Love you.